Welcome, ladies, germs, and people of all genders to the Ah uh, Real Films podcast, where two siblings discuss horror films based on a theme. This week, we are bringing you one of our patented spoiler-free reviews of a recent release, and this week, we are doing Midsummer, the second film by filmmaker Ari Aster, who came out with last year's Hereditary. Hereditary had some mixed reviews on this podcast, but, you know, we went into Midsummer with open minds, and we are um, excited to discuss it this week. Uh, So the way we do these shows is that we present uh, three things, so three thoughts each of us had about the film, and then kind of have a general discussion at the end. A reminder that this episode will be... Spoiler free, but if we discuss Midsummer in future episodes, which I'm sure we will, um, probably won't be spoiler free. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. enjoy our spoiler free review of Midsummer today and uh, let us know what you thought of the film. Uh, you can email us at ahrealfilms at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Twitter, ahrealfilms, R E E L films on Twitter. So uh, Curtis isn't feeling well this week. <laughs> I can see he has his chin in his fist. I'm trying so I'm my gonna, best here. I'm trying my I'm best. Gonna, I'm going to get him out of his stupor. Curtis, why don't, why don't you start us off with your three things? Sure, sure. So I'll start with my first one then, and we can go back and forth. Um, as we discussed before the podcast, just giving you a little pillow behind the curtain, peek. folks. Yeah, peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm a little grumpy as well. Uh, He's chugging me. a big pink Gatorade. <laughs> it's Strawberry the- lemonade. It's delicious. <laughs> Um, anyway, nobody can, uh, you probably didn't come here to listen about how miserable I am. Uh, you probably came here to listen about Midsummer, and Midsummer to me is exemplified by one word, and that is exhausting. Uh, in a good way. In a good way. Let me, it is an exhausting film to watch. It is two hours and 20 minutes, and it is just filled to the brim with dread and, um, just unhappy feelings overall. Um, Arguably. So I think my take on this film is that it's kind of a meditation on trauma and recovery from the perspective of our main character, who's played by Florence Pugh, Danny. Um, And there are some moments of levity in this film, unlike in Hereditary, which was pretty much just a black hole of a movie overall, um, from pretty much the beginning to the end. There are moments of levity. Um, There's a few times where I did kind of laugh out loud um, later, especially later in the film. which was kind of like a mixture of nervous laughter and real laughter. (laughs) But I think the way this film made me feel was very similar to Hereditary in a way, in that I felt like exhausted and like I had gone through something. And he's quickly, Ari Aster's quickly becoming kind of a master at that, which is perfect, I think, for more serious horror fans who I think a lot of people go to horror movies to kind of get jump scared, to feel scared and kind of go home and, you know, have had that, unique experience but don't really take away very much from it these films are not like that and i think that this is going to really appeal to kind of jaded horror fans the same way that i thought hereditary would appeal to jaded horror fans and that it makes you feel like a sense of dread and like you can feel the character's trauma and what they've gone through and i thought this movie was really effective at that i thought it was really clever to have this set in sweden uh, during the daytime because there's such like a disconnect between what the characters are going through on the one hand but the beautiful bright settings on the other hand I thought that was really really unnerving and um, maybe even more so than exhausted then is maybe just unnerving like this film is very unnerving and I just think you know I'll give my overall impressions 
later, but I feel like this is kind of perhaps Ari Aster's niche, like just kind of finding ways to affect you without doing what I like to call kind of like the scare salad version of a horror film, which some films do effectively, but most don't. And, um, you know, I was scared by this film. I was affected mm-hmm. by this film. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's to its credit. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And uh, for my first thing, I'll um, say something that kind of builds off of that. I was struck at several points during this film um, about how Ari Aster managed to capture kind of the awkwardness in the grieving process. Um, so uh, the grief in this film felt de- very different from the grief in Hereditary. And I don't know if it's just because the main character was very similar to me. I identified with her. She even like wore her hair in a very similar hairstyle to how I wear my hair, mm-hmm. um, which was very unnerving. But I really felt myself connecting with the way in which she showed her grief and in the way um, the interactions that she had with the other characters in the film. There's several points at which someone is trying to comfort her and they say the wrong thing or they Mm -hmm. do the wrong thing. And the camera kind of just lingers there and lets you feel uncomfortable. And I think that's really important because I feel like media often sensationalizes grief and and focuses on how grief can bring people together, but Ari Aster's films kind of show how grief can make you feel alienated from the other people in your lives, especially people who maybe don't have your best interests at heart. Um, And so I really, those parts of the films were particularly effective to me. And they also just, there was something so like delightfully awkward about them. You were like, Ooh, and I, and I'm someone who like, I get secondhand embarrassment really easily. So I felt myself feeling uncomfortable for like, that's kind of a unique way to feel uncomfortable for a film. I feel like, like it just felt there was many um, times in this film that I felt like super awkward. Well, in the way that she processed grief was very relatable. Like yeah. when the, when what occurs to her, it happens very early in the film. So it's, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say something happens that kind of yeah, triggers yeah. her wanting we to go won't, on this trip. We won't get into it, but yeah. yeah. But um, the way she deals with it, I think into contrast to the way that Toni Collette deals with uh, grief in Hereditary, where she's almost like a force of nature after the triggering event happens, it almost feels like Florence Florence Pugh's character, Danny, is trying to avoid what happened to her. But anytime it's mentioned, even in like a consoling way, she kind of just has a panic attack. And that's just very, you know, when something terrible happens in your life a lot of times you just don't want to feel think about it. You don't yeah. want to have to process it unless and, it's with like a professional, not necessarily with your friends. You want yeah. to process it in your own way. And I think another way the film highlighted that, I don't know if you noticed the number of times she cried in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's because that's not obviously like not an ideal place to grieve, but it's because she was pressing, you know, pressing away her feelings so much. Sometimes it came up where the only place she could get away was to a bathroom. And something about that just felt really like human and relatable as well. And I just thought it was interesting how this film to me really seemed to like get how grief actually plays out in your everyday life. Like you can't, most people can't just like take a week off of their lives to grieve and like Mm -hmm. to process and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of grieve in the spaces that are afforded to you. And I think that Danny's character really exemplifies those things really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of her character, then I'm going to go into my second point. I thought, um, I'm kind of, I always feel like I mentioned this in all of our reviews, kind of the acting in the films, because 
you know, I've always been kind of a person that watches a film and doesn't give enough credit to the actors. Like I always am like, mm. oh, the director did this and this and it looks so beautiful. But I, I do want to highlight the acting in the films that we watch because horror film acting often gets short shrift, especially when you're talking about award season and stuff. This again, Florence Pugh gives oh a Tony Collette level performance. And I don't I, know. I mean, I would even say like the perhaps even Ari Aster better. is Ari Aster is not kind to his actors. I would say like he puts them through a lot. Well, yeah, and they have he, to do a lot. He coaxed. I hate to compare it to the awful comparison uh, to Stanley Kubrick and. Um, Oh gosh! Oh, I'm blanking um, on her name for some reason. Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall in The Shining, but the, I, I think I compared that, um, made that comparison. Hereditary. It's more apt in this film. I feel like mm-hmm. because of sort of I like I said earlier, Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary is like a force of nature almost. But whereas in contrast, Florence Pugh's performance is that, but then understated, but then. Also, like, she's trying to act normal, but then there are parts in the film that are very, like, psychedelic that she has to, like, kind of act like she's hallucinating, and she does that. I mean, she just does everything really, really well. You really empathize with her character in a way that I did not empathize with, for example, Toni Collette's character. And maybe that's more of a function of this this film being solely focused on her, obviously, whereas in Hereditary, it was Alex Wolf's character was also kind of the focus but she really just was outstanding and i felt so much for her in throughout this film and i even though what she was going through was not verbalized like in the narrative a lot of her dialogue is like very conversational i think that her acting performance is kind of felt you were able to feel what she was going through where at the end and i know the ending's going to be very controversial and we won't go into it but i believed like her reactions at the end of this film mm-hmm. you know i i just bought it and mm-hmm. um you know this is going to be another one that i guarantee you will be overlooked by awards people um but 100 yeah it was just incredible it really makes me wonder i mean i know um i read an interview um with uh, ari aster that was actually conducted by jordan peele in the latest interview issue of fangoria and ari aster seems like a very troubled man he was under he really i mean i'm just being honest he seems like he puts himself under a lot of stress to i don't know how you can make these two films and not be a troubled person well these two films in the span (laughs) of less than two years too like what's going on in his life i don't know i don't know um i hope he gets it worked out but (laughs) with all of that said i think the like pressure cooker of creating these films perhaps lends to the performances in these films as well and you know not necessarily for the worst i mean there are right ways to kind of do that and you know all, all the actors i was reading last night all the actors have come out to kind of like give interviews being like oh this is what i thought this scene they clearly don't hate him or anything way, thing the way that right. shelly duvall hated stanley kubrick um however um you know, the, the tension of her performance was like palpable. And I just thought she did a great job and she makes this film. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'll give my second point um, also uh, related to your point. And my second point is all about perspective. Um, so the perspective of the audience watching the film and the perspective that the film affords the audience. So as you said, most of the film is through Danny's point of view. And so we're supposed to relate to Danny. And I think that, 
films that ask you to kind of only be in one person's shoes are taking a little bit of a gamble. Um, I think that in Hereditary, as I said before, I wasn't as drawn into Tony Collette's story. And so half of the film to me was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure kind of I had like unsure footing. I really, really related to Danny's character, um, even like the way she dressed in her hair and like the way she interacted with people. Just like she's was like very... someone that you and I would hang yes, out with. Exactly. Sure. She is like a real person. She is. I mean, she just really seems like someone that you would know. And she, you know, and a lot of what she a lot of the decisions that she makes in the film, including, as you said, at the end. They just make sense. Like every single step of this film, you're on board. And I, you said the film was two hours and 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It honestly flew by. And I was telling Justin, like there was a point in the film in which I realized like my mouth was hanging open, yeah. you know, and, and it really sucks you into that world. And I think it's because, you know, it's a gamble. I can see people not liking this movie, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a really strong decision to have just this solo perspective and ask you to just like be all in with this perspective. Um, and I also think that this is l- like Hereditary. This is like a very personal movie. And I think people who relate to this movie are going to find something like really special in that and something maybe like kind of painful, but hopefully like also cathartic. Um, I mean, I left the movie feeling I think I told you that I felt like I had been like slapped in the face. Like I felt, but I also felt kind of like exhilarated. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I felt really energized. I think the last time I remember feeling that way when I walked out of a film was like, get out. Like I walked out being like, holy shit. Like, and I was just watched something really profound. Yeah. Yeah. I watched something really profound. And I literally that night I was like lying awake in bed and I was thinking about this film and I literally was like, I have to stop thinking about it or I won't go to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was so, reading articles until one in the morning last night. <laughs> yeah. So I think this film maybe literally made me sick because yeah. I was so stressed when I was watching it. And then I stayed up way too late to read about it. I mean, I'm already scheming. I like for sure want to see this again. Um, my birthday is on Friday. So I might as a birthday treat to myself, go mm, see it again. Mm, so, yeah. but anyway, what's your, your third my, thing? Well, my third thing is, is kind of, the kind of the way that this film operates, I think will be very alienating to a lot of people. Not everyone has experienced like trauma. I mean, very few people have experienced the trauma that she goes through in this film. Let's get that out of the way. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, when you see it, it's very unique, but um, you know, I think that anybody who's gone through trauma can see like, can relate to what she goes through in this film. It's very true to life, which makes me think that Ari Aster is speaking from like a very personal place when he mm-hmm. kind of, when he makes these films. However, if you aren't able to relate to that or to understand it like intellectually, like this is how people deal with trauma, you're not going to get it, I think. And if you don't get it, there's nothing to really feel this is just my guess because it's not how I felt, but I, I think if you don't get what's going on, there's not really much to latch on to in terms of the horror a little bit. Yeah, and also, I, sorry, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I also feel like if you don't get it, there's not a lot of characters to root for either, which mm-hmm. makes it kind of difficult to buy into yeah, the plot. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the characters are, they're people that we can, like, we see in everyday life, um, but that doesn't... Oh, there's a lot of uh, pretentious intellectuals, so yes, I'm oh, very yes. familiar yeah. with that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> In fact, uh, the guy who plays Chidi in part, and um, sorry, yeah. the good place basically plays the, the same yeah. exact character, which is really <laughs> funny. But um, yeah, I think there has to be, uh, to me, 
this is a very profound film and a very just scary film. I don't know any other way to put it. Like, how do I put it when it's a film that pretty much stressed me out and like made me feel uneasy throughout the whole runtime? That's oh, I was like sweating. I was legit sweating. However, it's untraditional scares, and it's not you know like I said. scare salad type of scares you're not going to get your jump scares you're not going to get you know your crazy traditional crazy ending um and speaking of the ending i think that's going to turn off a lot of people as well um and i just think it's going to be polarizing in the same same way that hereditary was people came out of hereditary you remember we went to the theater together people came out we were had... just like laughing at it essentially well, and when and when you and i walked out of hereditary you were walking in front of me and you turned around and i was like unbelievable and, and like in an annoyed tone of voice and you were like i know right it was unbelievable <laughs> it blew me away yeah. but um you know there were people like laughing derisively yeah. during the film i mean it, it's not going to connect with everybody and i dare to say it won't connect with most people but mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. we're just special that's yeah. all. Well, I saw Midsummer in a theater with only four other people. Um, so I oh, feel I like that was. I was in a packed theater last night. That's I was, weird. Oh, my God. I was. It was kind of the perfect experience. There was no one in my periphery. It was just me and, like, the screen. It was. And I saw it by myself. I really wanted to see it by myself because I, I think I told you beforehand. I wanted to, like, be invested, you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm glad that I saw it that way. But anyway. So my third thing, this is very different um, from kind of our topic of conversation thus far. Um, But my third thing is about the concept of like joyful femininity. Um, I think a lot of horror films, when they involve storylines that are particular to women, um, have to do a lot of time with like female trauma or bad things happening to women or women having to overcome stuff. And um, I think we discussed, obviously, that Danny is overcoming a trauma, but there are several points in this film in which like the sheer feminine, like power of like a group of women is really on display. And for me, those were kind of the most exhilarating parts of the film. I don't want to get into that too, too much because a lot of those scenes come towards the end of the film. Um, But I was just really struck by how the film really took a lot of like instances of like women bonding and like women being together in a group and doing things together as a group and made those kind of like the places where the plot was developed and turned. Cause I think we're so used to seeing like sexual assault being used as a plot device or like, you know, women like being murdered as a plot device and instead to have like joyful moments between women be a plot device, I thought was, a really interesting choice and one that I really loved. Um, I I know other people have been comparing this film to The Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely true, but I also like really got very strong vibes of The Witch um, mm-hmm. because of this concept of like feminine power, essentially. And um, I'd be curious to know, like, I don't want to get, again, I don't want to get into it too much because it is a little spoilery, but I would be curious to know um, if some of our listeners also kind of picked up on that because to me that's, like, I would say the film is about grief, but overall, to me, the film is about, like, feminine power. Um, and so I would be curious to know, like, what the listeners um, think about that. I know I did discuss this with our listener, Catherine, um, and she, it was so funny. She I texted her after I saw it. I was like, I finally saw Midsummer, And she was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so hear me out. 
didn't this movie remind you of the witch? And I was like, yes, it did. So I would be curious to know, well, especially like maybe some of our female listeners, if they, you know, I kind have, of picked up on that. I do have one perspective because the first thing that Chanel said to me, and of course I'm just this bumbling, dumb man watching the film. The first thing I thought, I <laughs> did not pick up on any of this initially, but until I talked to her, but the first thing she said when we got out of the film, she's like, is Ari Aster a straight man? Cause I can't believe he made this. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, what well, do you the same, mean by that? And I, it's the same thing as like the director of the witch. It's like, yeah. who are these men? You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was, it, it's an interesting perspective and it's, uh, you know, which I'm glad to be able to talk with, you know, with you and with Chanel and with other people about it. Cause it's not something that struck me intuitively when I was watching the film. There's a lot to talk about with this film we didn't even yeah. get into the psychedelic aspects of mm-hmm. it we didn't get into the pagan we didn't get aspects into a, of it yeah we didn't get into a ton of like the horror in the daylight which i know you and i both love the ki- uh, there's you kills mentioned it. in this film we didn't even the, mention. amazing kills yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean there's a lot going on in this film and i think we might want to put this on the docket for like a future episode to discuss I more think- in depth I would like, yeah, maybe just on a future-themed episode, we can kind of um, get into a spoiler-filled review of Midsummer. So I would tell our listeners to maybe look for that in the future. But in the meantime, do you want to give kind of your final thoughts about the film? Yeah, I mean, I think it's clear. We didn't give like a definitive statement to this effect yet, but I think it's clear. Uh, I mean, this is this is the best film I've seen all year. It, it was, I, I, I mean beyond the best yeah i mean it's it's like beyond breathtaking i mean it's like when you went to go see get out and it's like oh okay well this is the best film. yeah it's like there's no doubt that's just how i felt about hereditary this is how i felt about get out and this is it's how i felt about it follows too that was the film before then that i was like this is just incredible but Mm -hmm. i was just blown away by this and i you know i'd spend almost 24 hours since i watched it and i've spent pretty much a majority of my time thinking about it in that in the time in between and it's just it has everything and i didn't think going into it like i of course tried to keep my expectations down it's almost impossible with everybody talking about it online i had to wait till saturday to watch it but going in i was like okay it's, i know it's not gonna be as good as hereditary and now i'm kind of like it, it I, I i don't want to say definitively it's been a day but like it's it's an argument at least and i it if anything he is just an incredibly talented filmmaker, and we are very lucky to have him making films in the horror genre. And I hope he keep, keeps on doing it, um, like you know, like Jordan Peele and like um, Dave Eggers, the, the director of The Witch uh, in The Lighthouse, is being released later this year. So we're very blessed to have all of these horror films by these great directors. We this are year. Hash, hashtag blessed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I would say, no doubt for me, I liked Midsummer way more than Hereditary. I just. You know, I talked a lot about how I just didn't get Hereditary, and I think I got this film in a way that I just, you know, Hereditary just didn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say just to kind of, I mean, to pr- offer a different perspective, there were a few negative thoughts I had throughout the film. Most of them were kind of resolved, I would say, by the um, the ending scenes. I feel like those end scenes resolved a lot of the issues I did have with the film. But the only thing I'll say is that, this is a super like intellectual film. Um, pretentious is not a word that I love to use with regards to filmmaking, but there were moments of this where I was like, okay, like let's scale it back just a little bit. I, I mean, I do think that filmmaking is an art form and I think that we should appreciate it for more than just the viewability, but you know, especially kind of towards the beginning, it was just a little jarring to me. And 
there's a there's just like a few stylistic choices that he if, makes that I don't love. If you think but, if you think like us was too artsy, this is like definitely gonna yeah. be too artsy for you. Yeah, this was this was pretty artsy, but that but that being said, I think it was saved by like a really strong plot and really great acting. So I mean, if you think art films are like pretentious and you don't like them, this is not that. No, you no, know? it's not an art film, yeah. but it's just you know, it's like not. It's not like it or something, you know, yeah. like it's not like a popcorn flick. Yeah, yeah. but it is it is in extremely engrossing. Um, it's really well acted. I mean, there's not enough I can say about how much I enjoyed this film. I both enjoyed watching it, enjoyed thinking about it and was really affected by it. So I would say definitely see it in theaters because I do think you're going to want that theater experience. Um, and yeah, and please let us know what mm-hmm. you guys think. Um because we, this is definitely not the last time we will be talking about this film on the podcast, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, again, you can email us, ahhrealfilms at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, films, and then on Twitter, R-E-E-L-Films. Um, by the time this episode drops, too, our giveaway should still be going on. So mm-hmm. if you have not entered our giveaway for the Arrow re- uh, release of Cairo or Pulse, um, the 2001 film we discussed on our J-Horror episode, you can find our post about the giveaway on Twitter and Instagram um, to be a chance to um, to enter and get a chance mm-hmm. to win. We already have about 20 yeah, so I mean, but it's entered, still pretty so... pretty good odds at this yeah. point. But yeah. uh, you know, I just wanted everyone to know how popular we were. <laughs> Twenty. <That's laughs> <folks>. That's right, <laughs> and uh, yeah, none of them are our moms. So. Yeah, well, we, yeah. I I hope they weren't tempted because we would have to yeah. throw out our mom and dad because that yeah. would be just too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? And the winner is Becky. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening to our spoiler-free review of Midsummer, the newest film by Ari Aster. Uh, please go see it in theaters, and um, we will see you next time. Right. Bye-bye, folks. Bye. I, I love how I was like saying I don't have enough time to watch horror movies, but then I realized that Natalie has me watching these reality show jail shows on Netflix. Like I watch Jailbirds and now I'm watching Girls Incarcerated and it's <laughs> I'm like very Netflix wrapped up really, in their drama. Is really attached to the girls incarcerated <laughs> subgenre, I feel like. They have a lot of that stuff. They have a show, a whole show about it, like a fictionalized show. I know. Oh, a fiction. Oh, yeah, like Orange, Orange is the New is Black. New Brown. But Girls Incarcerated is about um, a juvenile detention facility. Well, if me and my friends had an Orange is the New Black style show, it'd be called Orange is the New Brown because I, would, I would shit my <laughs> pants if I went to jail. I know that much. <laughs> That's really funny. Okay. <laughs>